is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hello and welcome to Vocal Perspective. This week is a continuation of last week's episode, so we're going to jump back in with Epic. Because of my naivete and because I had no idea, and I think Shauna the same way, like, why wouldn't we have done that? And I'm so glad we walked through it. I walked through it with a totally different lens. I walked through it saying, these guys did it? Well, of course, we can freaking do it. Now, one of the things I did learn about Barbershop is really the male voice is so much bigger than I ever realized in my whole and like just never knew. And I think it's a lost art within like probably colleges and schools and all that stuff. I think it's something that I think, and I'm just saying from my experience in school, I think if there would have been somebody who could have sat there and said, do you know that, I mean, now don't get me wrong, there were really great male singers, but I've heard some really great male barbershop singers that I had never heard in my entire life. So I get it now why maybe there are perceptions that maybe a woman couldn't pass it off. But I do love the fact that also we didn't have those preconceived notions of not going ahead and, and jumping into things because why wouldn't we do it? Because that's what we do. We're strong women and we'll go and sing whatever it is and we're going to sing it better than the dudes. And maybe I can't say that, but I feel like we put out a good product. I feel like we yeah. put out a good tune and it was never even an option to not. We just went for it the best way we knew how and thank God we had an arrangement to do it. But I also like that you all, your personality showed through with every song that you sang. And when I walk around in the Harmony Inc. environment, they are the sassiest, funniest women I have met in my entire life. And then when so many of them get on stage, it's like they put on this like barbershop face. And I'm like, no, no, I want to see the lady that you are when you're back here. And I think that was part of the charm of Epic is that the people that you were out and about were the same people that you showed on stage. Amanda, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. If they only knew that they like put scrunchies around our wrists and like made us move at the same time and like <laughs> say vowels the same and like goofing and stuff like if you only knew. Epic was a very special thing. And I tried to appreciate it while it was happening. I've grown to appreciate it even more now. We're coming up on knowing each other for 10 years. Well, this is our 10th year of knowing each other, but we're coming up on our 10th year of winning. And these women continue to be so special to me because they are women that would not otherwise be probably in my space. We are different. Shauna used to talk to us a lot about this, that we were super different in what would have brought us together other than barbershop. But the I consider them among my very close... Like, they're family. I don't even want to say they're best friends. They're family to me. Shauna's son took his first steps at a gig. You know what I mean? And and the very first time, you know, we're at international, I'm putting Anne into an ambulance, you know? So there's things that Chris had both of her kids with us. It's just, we're a family. We're a big extended family. And I remember threatening to drive to Frederick in like the middle of the night to take Shauna to the hospital at Half Kenshin. I, I remember like being like, I'm driving to Frederick. I know it's closer if you just go to the hospital, but I'm I'm going to come. Oh, yeah, yeah. I drove Chris home. We drove Chris home. We drove, actually, we drove Anne and Shauna to Anne's house, and then we took Chris to the hospital because Chris was like, take them home first. Take them home first, and then take me to the hospital. I was like, I can take you to the hospital. And what's really awesome is, you know, we could, when you get back with Epic, it's like putting on your little Epic suit. Like, we just click. We always kind of have. And so, what's been hard or interesting in other spaces where I've been 
a singer is that it's just not the same. And we came into like this little flying information thing that I just sort of knew, you know, I knew where Anne was always going to blow the notes and she's supposed to go up, but she doesn't. I knew which song Shauna was not going to let me flat. It didn't matter what it was. She was like, I'm not singing that note. We've sung 12 songs already. I'm too warmed up. We're keeping it up in this pit. That's so funny. I totally remember that. I didn't know it until way later that that's what it was like. She's like, guys, I'm just warmed up. Like, there's just, we, we can't keep dropping. Like, we can't go down a third. Like, this is not acceptable. Because if she's listening to where the pitch is going, the pain on the poor woman's just like nails on the chalkboard, Shauna. I mean, the face is all, it, it showed in your face long before it showed in your voice. I could see it in your eyes. I could see Shauna look at me like, it's going. She's me about like, oh, Shauna's doing math in her head. Shauna's like, oh, I'm on lot flatted three times now. I don't know. I will tell you, I really, 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 really miss our road trips. I really miss being in the car and laughing with you guys. I'm going to cry. It was a good time. It was. It came at such a high cost because we were all leaving our kids at home and leaving the husbands to deal with it. And it came at such a high cost, but it also, it's just very special to all of us. It's just, we we had some amazing times together. Ladies, just to stop Anne from crying here, did any of us think that the one of us that would form an empire in barbershop would be Shauna? Did Shauna, did you think it would be you out of the four of us? You're the emperor. Like, didn't I say that I'm like, I ain't starting no more quartets after you. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. <laughs> last words. I love how Shauna, after Halo was rolling, she kind of came around and she was like, Chris, I really love you. And you really did a lot of work for us. Now that I'm the one doing the work, I just want to say thank you. And I suck. And I love you. And you're awesome. (laughs) That's probably exactly what she said verbatim. That Shauna's eloquent speaking is I suck. Yeah, that's I'm sure. I think we all want to say that, by the way, Chris, we really do appreciate all the things you did for us to help us be so successful. I mean, we would not have been able to do it without you, Llewellyn. I mean, we had no idea what we were in for. And there were times where I couldn't afford to buy a costume. And so you were like, I got you or go somewhere. It was such a tough time because of when it was, it was still recovering from the recession. And my business was so crazy that it was like, how are we going to keep the house? You know what I mean? I wouldn't have been able to do any of that stuff without your help and without your organization. And yeah, you have to have somebody do that stuff for you. And then the kindness, as you're pulling that stuff out, Adam's making us stuff. I mean, it was so sweet and it was so kind. It was awesome. And, you know, one of the things, Amanda, that is really fun is that, you know, I think that one of the cool things about Epic that I was always proud of is that we really did kind of transcend organizations. So like you're saying, maybe we were the first ones that you had heard of from Harmony. I don't claim that that is our claim to fame by any means. But what we did do that was super weird, at one point we were mic testers for a Sweet Adeline's regional contest. They had just done this big merger of the regions. And so who was going to actually mic test was perhaps in a third rail. I'm not sure. But we were called and asked to mic test a regional contest with songs that would not be contestable in Sweet Adeline's. So we're mic testing with songs they couldn't have legally sung. And then we- (laughs) Like here, set your level. Like, hey, judges, hey, judges, set your levels. We yes, don't know. I love the Robert Duvall story. Can you tell? Oh, me and okay, let's just tell the Gold Cup story because the Gold Cup story is really funny because 
It was so stressful. I think me and Shauna almost duked it out. I don't even remember it. So tell me, please. Because we had a bad mic guy. We had a bad mic guy. And I was like, and the I mic guy. Ollie all that day. I kind of got the sense. He might be being extra right now, but he's in charge of ours now. That was the first time I saw a professional singer, Shauna, come out. But he was such an asshole. So, I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> was... Ann and Shauna are both right right now. Right, right. I mean, he was such an asshole. And Sha- and I was like, basically, why are you being an asshole? And Shauna's like, why are you being an asshole? He's the one running sound. We didn't have a choice in him being an asshole. Shauna felt like I have complete control over you being an asshole. Gosh, she's like, what is the problem? You should see the pictures from that day. After we sang the national anthem, they dragged us off into a VIP tent. You remind me of my mom. You're singing songs. Like we were singing the Andrews Sisters a lot. We were gigging with that and he loved it. And we ended up- So cute. We looked so cute because we had the cute polka dots, but we also had the fascinator. It really was perfect. Somebody said, are you guys in a bridal party? So they pull us into the VIP and all of a sudden it's Robert Duvall. And then next thing you know, we're all singing with him and he adored us. And then, and then he just, he reached out to us again. Like, how did he reach out to us? Yeah, because we had cards and stuff. So we were invited to go to his property a couple times and sing. He had a bull, like, what do you call it? A mechanical bull set up that we all tried to ride. That was on the one that we went to, the first gig. We got to bring our kids. So the kids were just like doing fun. Luciana Duvall just took off with my kid. Yeah, she was just (laughs) like, so this is one of the things. Do Do you remember this? So he goes to me, how's your dad doing? I'm like, my now my dad is dead. Okay. So I'm like, good. You mean good. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden you said something. You're like, you know, my dad, blah, 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 blah. And he looked at me and I was like, I wish I would have known. I would have played along. We would have been sisters. It would have been fine. I was going to be like, my dad's, was I going to be like, oh, Robert's mom, <laughs> dad's dead. I mean, totally played that. We might've gotten some more privileges. Like we might've gotten to go to the big house because we never made it to the big house. When he went over to you and you were like, you know, my dad, blah, blah, blah. And just like, sorry. I'm still, so you were just asking about my dad. Like, run through your head all the time. And you're like, Robert Duvall thought that Chris's dad was my dad and I lied to Robert Duvall. You're going to go to heaven and be like, I need to ask for forgiveness for lying to Robert Duvall. But then also we were sitting in his barn. There were like pictures. I don't know. We're like taking pictures with his like family photos. Idiots. I know. <laughs> Those were like my favorite moments. He gave us permission to call him Bobby. And we all were like, Bobby. Because he was like, call me Bobby. And we're like, okay, Bobby. Yeah, we met Jacqueline Mars, which you said. But it was really, those are the moments that we're just sitting there like, you know. Oh, I still think the meat raffle is up at the top of my list. Wait, you need to explain what a meat raffle is because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so we were in upstate Western New York. Let's just, let's make sure we say upstate. Western New York. There's no place like it. Chris Llewellyn will tell you. They're just the most wonderful people you'll ever meet. You fly into Buffalo and then you drive another hour because that's where you have to go. But anyway, we're doing a gig and the Afterglow was at like, I I don't want to say, I don't know if it was a VFW or an Elks Lodge or whatever. And by golly, first big sign on the door was meat raffle, like a (laughs) 50-50 meat raffle. I think it was like you were going to get like a whole cow. I'm still mad I didn't. We really wanted to know who won. I mean, it was a bummer. Like we were we're all in. Who wouldn't want, actually, at this point, a meat raffle would be awesome, but we were just like, I didn't know what that was at the time. We, now, gosh. Yeah, we also did a gig in Hartford where we ate at a Chili's across from where a mass, like a like a serial killer had like buried his victims. Buried. We were almost shot at a Chili's in Atlanta. That chorus, they still talk about it. My mom's a member of that chorus now. They still talk about it. We're very well known down at Atlanta Harmony Celebrations. It was not our fault. We no, had yeah. a way of being in the right place at the right time. What 
was the one place we went to that had the dirty Santa. Oh, that was also Hartford. That was also Hartford at the same place. We were also offered free artwork from the rectory at that gig, too, because we were using the rector's office as our dressing room, and he offered us so we could take any painting we wanted. One of the greatest things is that people invited us to do all these awesome opportunities. I mean, we got to travel. We got to spend time together. We got to have an experience that not a lot of people get to have. And it was amazing. And you can't go and enjoy these experiences without having like hysterical things happen to you. Like I'm sure the chorus didn't invite the dirty Santa. He actually just probably <laughs> showed up at the church. It's possible. That's what I think. And and that no, was I a mean, sad night because stories. I was the DD and I didn't get to drink oh. that night. So it was a very sad. How about you guys like parked? Went, I went into Target. <gasps> that was the best night ever. I mean, like Shauna wasn't there. It was a sad night. I hate to live that story because Shauna didn't get to live that story, but she got to watch it. It was great. I have been wanting to talk about this with a group of ladies on the show, and I couldn't think of a better group. My question is, and my topic I want to talk about is, how do you as a mom balance having kids that are potentially talented? Maybe not. But if they are, how do you balance you being talented yourself, wanting to encourage them? They might not want to. Just in general, I'm curious how you guys are handling that. Because myself, I have one child who's just off the charts insanely talented when it comes to singing and music. And he he likes it. He does it on his own. Then I have another one who's just super into it. And she may not be the like most talented, but she's really into it. I have both and I'm blessed at that. But I'm just curious what your guys' perspective is on, on raising kids as a talented, musician, successful musician, and maybe them wanting to follow in your footsteps, but also make their own path. You know, I think that Bryn has her own following in Harmony Incorporated. Our youngest, Bryn, (laughs) is the one that is just the hardest core Barbara Brat, and she got really active with Bella Nova. If anybody wanted to sing with her in an active quartet tomorrow, I mean, she practices hours a day. She plays the piano. She does her Broadway belt. She's talented, and if I ever win a crown again, it'll probably be with my kid because she's just that good. And I think that it's interesting because what I think she saw in Epic is number one, that there has to be a respect, that it's a marriage. You know, you can't do it on your own. So I know that we're talking specifically about Barbershop, but that's what she loves. So she could go be a solo artist and be wonderful. But I think that she loves Barbershop. She wants to be in a quartet, an active and, and competitive quartet. She knows you have to make a marriage out of it. It's not always easy, but you have to put a lot into the relationship as much as you do the rehearsal and the actual musical product. And there's a lot about, we always used to joke, somebody's got to pay the taxes. A true quartet has to have a balance of personalities. And, you know, I think that she especially looks up to all of you as her heroes because she was a little baby bean. And picture of her and Claire and you and me wearing the same color at Shauna's house when we were doing the signing the cards and filming our blooper reel, which I, I know we were filming our actual reel, but the blooper reel, I think, is better than all the rest of them. But I remember looking at Bryn in that picture and being like, that Bryn seems like a lifetime ago. I feel like I've learned from her. Yeah. And what's beautiful is that you've taught her that she could have been in a million quartets and, and she has, you know, by by verbal, like, I'm going to be in a quartet. But she's also very picky and she also understands that you can't get in a relationship with somebody that you're not willing to marry. And I think she's a really uh, strange, mature kid when it comes to that. She's really picky about who she gives away her talents. And I think, you know, the only other thing I would add in terms of like the mothering piece of it is that I tried to help her understand, first of all, that women have to uphold women because 
because if we don't, then what? We have to be on each other's team. She very much, I mean, Harmony Incorporated is such a blessing. If you're going to raise a strong, independent woman, there's really no better place to bring up a young girl than in Harmony Incorporated because it's so positive and it is like, you know, competitors cheering for each other and actually being glad when the other person beats you. I mean, like it's legit a lovely environment. And I think that she came up in that. So she understands that. But I think she also understands that like, this is a hobby worth protecting. And I know that some people make a career out of it and and I'm not a professional musician. This is my happy place. And I think she has seen that as an executive, I have stressful days and I have very serious roles that I play in running my organization. But then when it comes to barbershop, you know, that's my hobby and that's my love. It's my side hustle. And so that's worth protecting, you know, and having that escape is really an important balance. It's like your third place, right? You have home and then you have work and then you have a third thing. I think every woman is happier and stronger when she has a third thing not home, not work. What is your third thing? And I think women who come to Harmony Incorporated find their home in this world where they can have a third thing and be themselves. On the heels of that, it's beautiful because that I feel like you find a place where you can raise your kids, not just your daughters. It's a beautiful Although place. Harmony makes me wish I had a daughter because mm-hmm. I'm just going to make Ethan come to everything. But then on the flip side of it, you feel comfortable bringing your dad, your brother, your son, your uncle, your cousin, because we're always like, hey, come sing lower notes. We can sing all the tags down. All the basses can sing lead and you can sing boy, ba- you know, like it really is a family. And and I feel blessed that Harmony Inc. is still kind of small in that respect. And we were able to go through this pandemic in a family environment. And I just felt the missing of people. I didn't feel the money yeah. missing. I didn't feel the corporate missing. I just felt like everybody was working together. And maybe that's just Harmony Inc. But I felt like everybody was working together to say, okay, well, we're missing out on these opportunities. What can we offer instead? And it's been beautiful. It's been absolutely glorious and i can go to what you initially were asking because i i'm i'm finding on a totally different yes i want to go back to my part where it's being a mom and 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 i know that you you know and i think i don't know as much about yours and shauna's kids because i didn't get to be around them during the time when they were exploring their musical passions right so how is that for you guys so here you have two parents who were music majors and are incredible musicians both you and greg don't even that's where I really was curious if that's where you ended up. Jazz. They're sporty, right? Huh? They're real sporty, right? They're musical. They're no. They're not even sporty. So Jack plays trumpet, which is very good. He does very well. He plays in the seventh grade band right now online. We, yeah, I'll say how's COVID band. We, we are like, oh, it's band time. You know, when you're on a call. <laughs> Sorry hey, about that noise in the so, background. I mean, even like, so Ainsley's, so it just so happens that Ainsley's in sixth grade and Jack is in seventh grade. So Ainsley's sixth grade teacher, if Ainsley's talking and she's like, Sorry, my brother's playing trumpet. <laughs> She's like, oh, bring him in. So, but he plays. Now, Ainsley's in percussion. I I hate to say it. They have the, she has the worst band teacher that has ever existed, who is not a very motivational woman when it comes to like promoting music in the schools. This is interesting. So we're picking her new classes for next year. Like literally we sat down last night and it was just like, we were dealing with a lot of hormones as well. And that's (laughs) awesome. We're hormonal. Imagine if we got, if Epic we're to be able to be together right now where we would be in our lives. So happy. I'd be like, screw these hormones. I'm you be like, I can leave you at home alone now. Peace out. I don't know. Three, four years old, hormonal. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So, but it is interesting because I had a conversation with Ainsley last night. She's artistic. She does a lot of animation. Oh, 
cool. She wants to do art. Basically, she wants to animate. But talking through it with her, I'm like, okay, you know, you have to pick different electives. Just working through it with her, we got to the point where it's like you can do band or and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, do I get to take the class trip if I do band? This is where we're at. Oh, my gosh. I was a middle school choir teacher for one year. And that's the last kid I want to inquire is the kid that's going on the trip. No. I know. Go take graphic arts. It's available. So, okay. This is your chance to start paving the path. Do you see yourself doing music in high school? Because if you don't, then don't do it. Don't do it. It was a no brainer for me or Greg. And I just think we have two positives that have bred two negatives. I mean, is that possible? It's. Oh, I think what you'll do is you'll breed a music lover. You'll breed a kid or a person that appreciates music. Your kids love good quality music. They like classic music. They listen to stuff. They're like crazy crap on YouTube. I'm- I understand. But you know, the thing is, is because <laughs> Jack knows it and Jack's got a great voice. He's a great singer. He's kind of like a, it sounds like what you're dealing with. And Jack will probably stick with it. But Ainsley is like, I'm out. That's got to be hard. That's the progression of just like the music quality that we have going on. Anyway, all I'm trying to get at is that I think it's just time for me to let them choose what they want to do. And if they're going to come back to music, I kind of have to just let them come back to music. But it has to be their decision. And what I think is awesome is that I make them come to every darn thing I do. They're stuck in it in some (laughs) shape or form. So if I'm doing something or if I have students that are playing in a cool band, they have to come and watch and they love coming and watching. They're music lovers, Anne. I mean, you're appreci- you're building music lovers and kids that appreciate music. It's, you can't ask for a whole lot more. I know? can't ask them to, to love what I love. They have right. to love what they love, you know? I and love Shawnee, that Ainsley kids. thinks she was a puppy, maybe both, has translated into her absolute adoration for animals and her love and her kind heart. So, you know, she is living her best self and she's living her true self. And that's been my idea is that I want my kids to find their true selves. I mean, obviously, I'm going to try to push them when I see them being really talented at something, but I'm also going to... I didn't realize how competitive parenting was. Yeah, and it are different things too. Like yeah. the things you don't think are going to bother you, bother you. And the yeah. things that you thought would have bothered you don't bother you. It's hard, right? It is hard. And and it gets harder in different ways as they get older and, and less hard in different ways. So it just changes. And so you struggle with that, their emotions more. And Chris can relate. And, and you also <laughs> struggle with relation relating to parents and There's just a whole new thing. But the thing that we have to focus on as parents is what is going to, what do our kids want and what's going to make them happy and just support them. Yeah. Before I move on to Shauna, I mean, Chris, I watched you do that same with Morgan. You, I watched you, your oldest, kind of separated from vocal music. And I always wondered if it was her thing with just her personality. She's a little more reserved. It's not really her thing to speak out loudly. It's just not her. But she found a... Believe me, because when we're... Richard will be singing the bass. I'll throw on tenor. Bryn will be belting lead. And then we coming from upstairs. But she stayed with music. And you know, something that has stuck with me, Chris, is that you used to say when you're kids were growing up and they're still growing up you're about ready to kick some of them out of the house but not really me if you know but you always said make sure that they do something that makes them sweat and something that makes them musical I think right didn't you say you needed something that makes you sweat and something that's musical and then something that was a team sport or something you said team sport but it was just sweat and musical right be musical yeah a team sport in there but I've always definitely listened to Chris and that and she's like something that makes you sweat and something that makes you musical and then after a certain point you know we'll let you decide what that is but you got to keep that up a lot of her kids did piano and one of the most heartwarming stories I ever remember was you telling us that that's how Morgan really started talking was with the piano. And that was just a 
beautiful story. And that segues me into the music therapy side of things where I know we picked up Shauna being in the same program as Richard. But that's what really threw your husband into music therapy was your young daughter and her high functioning autism. But she didn't speak until three. Am I right, Chris? Yep. And that piano helped her talk and that piano helped her connect. So Shauna, as a music therapist, but also as a mom of three, I know how absolutely engrossed music is in your entire family, your mom, your dad. I don't know much about Andy's side of the family, but he always is very appreciative and and loving of music. And I know that you guys have been together since high school. So there's no way that you've picked somebody who didn't have a love and appreciation of music. But how do you balance being a music therapist, a mom wanting to encourage that musicianship in your kids but also like where do you find yourself landing well a couple of things come to mind i mean i think probably chris and ann also spoke to just the the joy of appreciating who they are you know as human beings they come into their own and just watching that blossom they're still developing so you know they're just little buckets of possibility you know kenshin he's really awesome in the way that like whatever he decides that he's into he is into and like nothing else like y'all probably were still around when he was like super into car washes and he would just watch car washes on youtube and daniel tiger daniel tiger was big yeah and so he was even to this day like he was obsessed with like rubik's cubes and now he can solve any you know rubik's cube in like a minute or less all the kids you know they're always hearing me sing around the house and he and i like you know we engage like i teach him piano so i mean sometimes i get exhausted and like like you know we take breaks or whatever but yep i used to that and even though he'll be like oh i don't want to but once he gets into it he loves the exercise that's what i'm finding it's just oh, i keep thinking it's me i keep thinking it's because he just doesn't want to spend that extra time with me but i find that it's just easier to tell me he doesn't want to you know like he would feel the same way if i was taking him to a teacher but once he gets into it he really loves it or once claire gets into it i'm, I'm talking about he like he's yeah exactly yeah, so i'll just you know I make the choice in certain instances to be like, no, this is good for you. Eat your vegetables, put on your tap shoes and let's do this. And then it's cool. And Misha, she, you know, she's a little diva. And, and, you know, she's three. She's obsessed with your precious love by uh, Marvin Gaye. She like gets in the snaps. Is that why you came around to some songs recently, Shauna? Is Misha bringing you around on some of the songs? Is that what your post was about? Where you're like, are any songs that you're coming around to that you didn't like when you were growing up, but now you do? Post. Oh, that was lovely. I don't know what it was. It was just something like I got old, like in a week or something. (laughs) I was like, oh, and now I love one didn't have anything to do with her. But it was the it was the love song. It was lovely day. day. I used to hate that song. (laughs) Something changed, and I'm like, oh, this is this is lit. Yeah, I listen to it all the time now. I love that song. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, they're their own beings, and I love seeing how they're different from each other. And like, you know, I'm mostly what I just want to make sure they are as they grow up is kind respectful and good humans yeah good humans in whatever it is they choose to do in their own particular ways and also what i was thinking about is that the way i grew up with music being so embedded in family functioning and not even though i perform and was attracted to performance from church and community and everything like it didn't always it it wasn't only in the context of performance so I don't necessarily think about it of like, oh, well, what if they're not musical? Like, that's not really, I don't think of it in that way. It's just, you know, I know that music is part of existence. And yeah, I agree. It manifests in them as their business, I guess. But I don't necessarily fret about whether or not uh, they'll 
embrace it in one way or the other. It'll, I just think it'll be a part of them because they're a part of me. So they're stuck with it. I fully agree with that. And Amanda, you also are raising a young musician. And I don't know, what's he doing in his middle school right now? What did he pick up? Did he pick up saxophone? Is that right? Saxophone. Yeah. He does sing and he, he's a great he singer. We'll go into a store when we, you know, in the times when we were allowed to go in stores and he'll hear like the elevator music. It's a song he's never heard before. And then we'll get in the car and like 10 minutes later, we'll hear him singing it with the words melody on. Po-. We're like, where'd you hear that song? He's like, I don't know. We're like, is that, did you just hear that in the store and remember it? He's really good in that way. But then he's also says he's really shy, but then he really likes theater. He's got a personality like me where he does like performing, but in real life, they're act- he's actually really shy. But yeah, he's picked up saxophone and I was, yeah, commiserating with Anne, like saxophone lessons. They don't even do band in, in school right now at his school. So yeah. he does saxophone lessons on Sunday and it's just like, sorry about that. You're hearing my kid play Yankee Doodle Dandy on yeah. saxophone yeah. I have a friend's kid who's coming over and like she makes us dinner and then I help her kid with his clarinet because he is so he doesn't want to be better at it but he she it's the only class that she gets emails from like he's a straight a kind of like completely so smart stupidly smart kid but it's the only class that she gets emails from is his band teacher no. and so I mean if he doesn't want to do it I'm not going to force it yeah, I know right? that he has a good appreciation for uh-huh. it I know that singing makes him happy but if he yeah. doesn't want to do it in front of people then that's for him he I'm a little like Shauna on that front maybe that's why music kind of skips generations I don't know it doesn't really I mean Chris and I know that our dads are barbershoppers and stuff but like my mom kind of laid off of her music for a while until my brother and I were done and I don't know if that's what it is like if there's a balance where one has to give or if your kid just looks at you like gosh I storm in any way shape or form I actually stopped giving lessons because I was burnt out yeah I got burnt out I needed to take a break but my kids definitely know that this is what I I love to do in, in one way shape or another and they're just like Okay. All right. If they wanted to do that too, they know that I would help them do it. And it's just not the direction I think that they want to go in at this point. I have to not push them to do that, even though core of me would like to, but I can't. And I think that's the great thing is that you always know that you're there. Greg's there. I think you even have musical family members. You know, I mean, people are going to be there for them. And that music is something that never dies. It never goes away. It, it, you don't forget how to be a musician. And music is going to fill their life. This is something that doesn't ever have to die. And you can still sing. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can still perform yeah. and enjoy yourself. I've told myself that also, like, how you give your gift can go and be in different places at different times. And, you know, even like I'm sitting here thinking, what can I do next with what I want to do singing? Where am I going to find myself? I love it. Well, thank you guys. Thank you all for being here. It was nice to just kind of hang out with Epic. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.